The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Got to be careful with these pivotal scriptures. Some people's talking about having the faith of God, a God kind of faith, giving credit to their faith being that pure and that powerful. There's an element of the flesh that is in that, taking credit for what is God-granted and God-given. If you have revelation today, it's because to God gave light. Jesus' light lighteth every man that comes into the world. And it's that light that He granted. People who have never heard the gospel will be judged because they've been given light enough to know right from wrong. It's called conscience. I'd rather, I'd rather know the way of salvation and know where I'm going than waiting to see how that's going to pan out. It's above my pay grade to figure that out. But God knows the heart. But the Bible said that Jesus lighteth every man that comes into the world. There's enough light to see. There's enough light to believe. Amen. The Bible said to every man, every person who is born since Adam, was given the measure of faith. That's why you can go to a country where people have been indoctrinated to a false gods, and, and you can go into that country and preach Jesus and Him crucified, and people have believing, receiving faith after the first service. They don't have to be indoctrinated into a Western religious philosophy. They just have to hear the gospel and give heed to it. Because to every man, God doesn't want, it's not his will that any perish, but all have eternal life. So he gave everybody the faith to believe. So if anyone says, I just can't believe, amen, the Bible says, oh, yes, you can. You're choosing not to, but you have the faith to believe the gospel. You may not have the will to believe it, but you got the faith to believe it. Because to every man was given the measure of faith. And by the way, that measure of faith, you say, well, that was just a little bit. Well, that's all it takes if it's faith in God. Hallelujah. Jesus really blew away the idea of building our faith so big. He talked about great faith, not the size of it, but the substance of it, the purity of it. Amen. And he, he said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. That's a, anybody ever seen a mustard seed? If you saw it, you saw it in a, in a magnified situation, even if it's a pendant mustard seed it's in a concave lens it is magnified by that so the human eye can truly see it it's that tiny amen but if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed and you would say unto this mountain be thou removed and, and cast into the midst of the sea and if you don't doubt in your heart that what you say shall come to pass you will have what you say Amen. Now, you've got to know the will of God. This is not a blank check or some kind of, you know, authority given to do anything by faith that you choose to do. It means that by faith you can achieve everything that He wills for your life. Can you say amen? And everybody's got the measure. Everybody can believe. You can believe. I can believe. I'll tell you, the faith that saved you, if you're in a battle with the devil, the faith that saved you, if hell could have stopped you, you would have never come to Jesus in the first place. 
that faith that you had the day you accepted Christ as your faith, that measure of faith that God granted you to believe when you will to believe, hell couldn't stop you from coming to Christ. Hell couldn't talk you out of it. The devil and his minions, by the way, minions are not them little cute little yellow fellas. Can you say, man, that's in the cartoon? Amen. Hell's minions are all the demons of hell. Satan and all his cohorts, all the demons of hell. If there's ever a battle going on between heaven and earth, it's for the soul, the eternal soul of a human being. Can you say, man? And the day you decided to come to Jesus, that battle was won because God took up the fight in your behalf. Praise God. And that measure of faith saved you. Amen. We're, we're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. It's not of works. We can't boast in that faith because God gave it to us to begin with. It's God-given. Victory is God-given. Thanks be unto God. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. Listen to it. Thanks be unto God which gives us the victory. Well, if He, through Jesus Christ, therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know your labor's not in vain in the Lord. God-given victory. When God gives us the victory, and He does, if you have victory, God gave it to you. You didn't just get the victory. You got the victory because God gave you the victory. And God gets the glory for the victory. You can't take any credit for it. What's happening in heaven? We get crowns for overcoming, for getting, having, vic, having lived a victorious life, overcoming. We get crowns of righteousness, crowns of glory. And what do we do when we get to heaven? Everybody who's got a crown, what do we do with it when we get to heaven? What were they doing with their crowns? <laughs> Amen. They come before Jesus Christ and they take their crowns and cast them at His feet. No one that got a crown is going to be wearing the crown in heaven. Crown Him with many crowns. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gives you the light to see. God gives you the faith to believe. And it's all God. It's not of ourself, lest any man should boast. I can boast in the Lord. That's what Paul said. If any man boasts, let him boast. And the word in the, in the New Testament and the Greek is called glory. If any man glory, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Let not the mighty man glory in his strength. But he that glorieth, let him glory in this. That he knows and understands me, saith God. Hallelujah. Paul said if, if anybody had a reason to glory, he said, I am more. In my religious credentials before I came to Christ, anybody that had a reason to boast in their, in their religiosity, Paul said, I'm one of those. He said, I was a Jew of the Jews. Amen. Circumcised. He said, I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I can trace my lineage back to Abraham. Hallelujah. He said, I'm a Jew of the Jews. I'm of the tribe of of Benjamin. I was circumcised the eighth day according to the law. And by the way, what we're talking about the law, concerning the law, I am blameless. Blameless. 
I, I broke one of the Ten Commandments is what he was saying. Everybody say, somebody get a fire extinguisher and put out his pants. Can you say amen? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Amen. He didn't know how lost he was until he was, he was confronted, amen, with the cross of Jesus Christ and his own sinfulness. And when he saw it, he said the things, and he just enumerated them, the things I once counted gain to me. I count them as but dung. Do we, do we need to go into dung or do you pretty much get it? Amen. <laughs> you get it? Amen. <laughs> You do know dung, everybody? Dung, 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 dung. You don't need it. Okay. This is plain preaching, isn't it, from the Apostle Paul with all the revelation. He said, listen, all of that is rubbish and worse. Amen. It's trash. You try to offer all of your religious credentials, all of your human ability to be perfected, We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's what opens the door for grace. People that think they deserve it can't qualify for grace. People who think they deserve something because they're... they're and and this, is not, this is not some kind of license to sin or loose living. It's not that at all. I'll tell you when I when I when I the Bible said we're even to despise the garment spotted by the flesh. We're to come to God for cleansing. We're to we're commit ourselves to follow Jesus, but know and understand that no one in this room can live a life that is so worthy of his blessing that we can obtain his blessing by our worthiness. There's only one way to come to him. Seeing that we have a high priest that was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin, let us come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain grace and mercy, mercy rather, and grace to help in the time of any need. So when a need comes, no matter what it is, we go to God's throne and make Him our source. But the first thing we obtain from God is not the need. It's His mercy that opens the door for Him to meet the need. And what comes behind mercy? Grace to help in the time of any need. It doesn't start with grace. It starts with mercy. That's why Lamentations is so important. This book of the blues. Everybody say the blues. Lamentations. Lamenting. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, how much did he weep? I'm glad you asked. He exaggerated, but he said, I weep, wept over Israel until my tears caused my bed to swim. He said it felt like that literally, that it was like a flood of, of tears have run down my cheeks for this nation. Preaching to them repentance and restoration and watching them bypass God's mercy and God's grace and continue to sin against God, knowing the consequences were coming. And when he said, when I see it beginning to happen, preaching all those years without one convert, getting beat up and put in a dungeon for his efforts, but he stayed true to God, st stood for the truth, 
A day came when Israel was surrounded and false prophets, false peace was of no more comfort to them. And they wanted to hear the truth again. Amen. And they, so they found a man that they knew that even if they put him in a dungeon, he would keep telling the truth and telling them the truth. They said, is that prophet still alive? The one we hated to hear preach. The one we never listened to. The one we didn't like. The one that talked about judgment and all of that junk. Is he alive? They said, last time we looked, he would, said, go get him. And I'm sure they had to wash him down with water just throw it all over him because he sunk down in the mire of a dungeon and seeing nobody converted, no one listening to his message, Jeremiah said, I, I, I will not speak anymore. No one is listening. All it's got me is heartache and heartbreak. So why should I bother to continue to speak? You know, sometimes when the crowd gets really low, and we're getting ready to make a move from here to reach more people. That's our, our primary reason for getting ready to make a move. Amen. God has given us a realtor. And she's sending me stuff through the email looking for us. It's a little early to look. It's going to take about six months to process all of this. But, the, but everything that's come in was, with, was within what we're going to get. And I thought, you know something? I don't want anything that we can afford. That sounds kind of crazy, don't it? I don't want something we can afford. God's bigger than that. I mean, we might as well move from here right back in. We might as well stay here. I, just, I, want, I want something better for God. My faith is, I don't know. God, God is telling me, listen, don't, don't, don't. If, if you're planning, bring me, bring me vessels. Not a few. Amen. If you want me to fill those vessels, don't bring a few of them. Don't plan on a place for your 30. If you believe I'm going to give you 200, don't plan on a place for 30. If you believe I'm going to give you five, listen, if you believe I can give you a city. Sean got out there in faith one time and said, we're going to need that amphitheater over there. And we're laughing, but you know, Sarah laughed. Abraham's 100 for heaven's sakes. She's 90 for heaven's sakes. On top of him being 100 and her being 90, she was barren when she was 30. She never could have children. Now she's past the age of childbearing. And here comes two angels <laughs> and saying, you know, get ready. God's going to keep His promise just like He said. Amen. Your impatience got you in trouble. You thought you had to help Him. He don't need your help. Amen. He needs you to wait upon the Lord. He needs you to believe Him. You could just hear the song going on in Sarah's head. Oh, the pity, pity patter of little bitty feet's going to pity, pity patter at our house. That's not what she sung. She laughed at the thought of a hundred-year-old man and a ninety-year-old barren woman already becoming pregnant and bringing forth a son. And when she laughed, the angel took offense. Don't limit God like that. Don't limit God like that. Don't limit God like that. You see, God doesn't have limits. And Satan can't stop whatever he wills. But we can limit him. 
He brought them out of Egypt. They were almost on the threshold of going in. They were actually at the threshold of the promised land. They sent spies in the land to see if they were able to possess it. God brought them out that He might bring them in. He didn't bring them out to disappoint them, to leave them high and dry. He brought them out that He might bring them in. And they sent spies into the land. Now they're back into their own wisdom. Use wisdom, Brother Venable. We need wisdom. I need wisdom. Amen. When I fell and busted my head open, and brother, Sister Ruth told Brother Hobbs to call me and tell me to straighten out and go to the doctor when you need to and don't, don't do... Use wisdom that way, yes. But, but man's wisdom, when it comes up against God's power, and God's unlimited power. We, we've got to set it aside. Amen. 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 It's the wise thing to do to put on Saul's armor, David. You're going up against a giant. You're a shepherd boy. You don't have any business going out there without Saul the king's armor. And David said, that sounds right. That sounds good. That's wisdom. He put it on. He's ready to go fight the giant. And I'm going to tell you, that shepherd boy in the king, the king was tall. And the shepherd, and he was a full-grown man, and the shepherd boy was a, just a shepherd boy. It, was, it, it encumbered him. It encumbered him. And he said, I can't fight the, the giant in this armor. I can't fight in this stuff. My defense is the Lord anyhow. Amen. If God don't deliver me, I'd be a dead duck anyway. Saul's armor won't help me against this giant. But I'm not coming depending on man's armor. I'm depending on God's power. Can you say amen? And he took off the armor. He said, I haven't tried this. But what had he tried? Amen. He said, he said ever since I was anointed, ever since I was anointed, he said, a lion roared against the sheep, and I slayed the lion. And a bear came to take one of the lambs from the flock, and I killed the bear without Saul's armor. Amen. Through faith in God. I have slain the lion under the anointing. I have slain the bear under the anointing. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? And then he spoke to the giant before the fight started. You come to me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Can you say man? And he ran toward the giant. You know the rest of the story. The giant fell face forward before David. It's amazing. The stone hit him in the forehead. But he fell forward. The impact could have and should have knocked him backwards. But it didn't. It went in his skull and he fell forward. He was laying prostrate before David. And David took his own sword. This is kind of gruesome. Back, back then it was what they did. So he grabbed his own sword. He removed his head from his body. And a fierce army, the Philistines, realized 
This is not natural. This is supernatural. That kid didn't do that on his own. There's something over there in Israel. In fact, there's someone. They worship a God they call Jehovah Yahweh. Amen. They worship a God they say is mighty. They worship a God that is not made out of stone or wood. They worship an invisible God. But look what He does in their behalf. Hallelujah. And they, they begin to realize we could fight Israel's army, but we can't fight their God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they withdrew in fear and begin to run away. And by the way, now these, these, these soldiers of Saul, when they saw God move in behalf of Israel, they took up courage and gave chase. All it takes is one person to decide to break out of the status quo. Amen. Listen, I found out when people see God moving in anybody's behalf, it encourages them to have courage and to release their faith in God. Hallelujah. I want to represent Him that way. I want you to know the God I represent is a mighty God, David. He is a prayer-answering God. He is a delivering God. His grace is sufficient. He, If I have victory, and I have victory today, but I'm going to tell you something, it's a God-given victory. Hallelujah. 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 The faith that I, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. His faith imparted to me. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. It's a product of the Word, but it's all His. Every victory I get, I give glory to God. I boast, I boast in the cross. I boast in the cross whereby I'm crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. I glory in the cross. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And when they looked at them as powerful people, <laughs> Paul said, said, we're not sufficient as of anything is of ourself, for our sufficiency is of the Lord, which means we're all sufficient in His sufficiency. Amen. Say it with me. We're all sufficient in His sufficiency. That's what it means when it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It means I'm all sufficient in His sufficiency. You say, Brother Rimmel, my faith is small. That's fine. All you need is grace to use it. Because it don't take, what does the song say? It don't take a whole lot, but you've got to use every bit you got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. Can you say man? I believe the devil wants to talk us out of using what we have. Amen. And that's why I looked at what we could afford and said I'm not even going to go there. You don't need any faith to get what you got the means to get. Don't need a bit of faith. If I need a car and somebody comes up and gives me $25,000, I'll go shopping. I won't have to use my faith. I got 25000 in the bank earmarked for an automobile. I can find me a car. I might get me a truck. Every redneck needs one. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I might give me a big old truck. I might buy one from Cherie. When she goes to work for the sheriff's department, I don't know if she's going or not, but if God's will, and if she does, and starts making all that money, my friend Cherie, my sister, my soul sister, hallelujah. I can't call her my brother from another mother, so I have to call her my soul sister. Hey, soul sister. I know one thing, if I brought one of her trucks, it'd be a V8. I mean, you know, why well, go down and get a four-cylinder when I, wow, I could have had a V8. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I'm serious. I was looking at what we might be able to afford, and I thought, I can't consider this. Because anybody with enough money to afford it, and I'm not looking for something big and, and fabulous. I'm looking for something that indicates that God is in it. Just like the fleece we put out, I said, Lord, if they'll offer us this, they offer us this, if they would offer us 200000 I'd know you're in it. Because we paid 150000 If they offered us 200000 I'll know it's you. And it'll be your green light to go on. It's not about the money. It's about God. God doing something. I didn't name a price. They had it assessed. They gave an offer based on the assessment. <laughs> and when I went in the office and I, did, I was just looking, this was my fleece. And God allowed me to use it on that occasion. And I was looking for $200,000. And they offered us $250,000. I said, there you are, Lord. There's my green light. To not sit here and die, but to go forward and believe you that you're going to send more people to hear the gospel, heed the gospel, to come to know Christ as their Savior, to get healed, delivered, and set free under this ministry. I believe that. I believe that. Amen. Praise God. This community's got a big church doing a big job, a good job. Amen. And, and God is going to move us, and He's already opened, gave us that green light. Hallelujah. I'm excited about preaching to the regions beyond. Hallelujah. I'm excited about every door that God opens. I'm 70 years old. First thing that, that uh, a lady asked me that visited us, she, she wanted to know if, we're, if I'm still preaching. Then when she found out I was still preaching, she wanted to know if I was considering retiring. And I thought, I have considered retiring. But what am I going to do with the rest of my life and the call of God on me and the anointing of God on me? I can't bury that talent, amen, in the sand. I've got to put it to ursery. You know what that means? Invest it so it will bring benefits for the kingdom of God. And I'm just looking for somebody to sow into. And I want to tell you right now, I'm thankful for you. Amen. Because you pull it out of me. You say, why does he preach so long? Because you listen so good. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You pull it out of me. Praise God. The Holy Spirit in me has a target for the Word of God. Amen. I'd rather minister to you right here. Then in a church of 500 people, that it's all cut and dried. They're not hungry. The pastor's not anointed. They're not excited. And the pastor don't care as long as their bills are met. Amen. I don't want to be that pastor in that pulpit. I want to be somewhere where a life can be changed. Where somebody might get saved. Somebody might get delivered. Somebody might get set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Because that's what excites the Holy Spirit is that kind of atmosphere and that kind of hunger. Wow. Let, let me read this in closing. Trusting God. Even when you don't feel strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Psalm 61 I read it wrong the first time I ever read this, my Christian walk, because I didn't, I didn't study it. The Scripture says you've got to do more than read. You need to study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightfully dividing the Word of God. But listen to how it initially sounds. Hear my cry, O God. By the way, when this was written, along with some other psalms, David was in the wilderness. It's important to understand where he was and what was occurring. Why was he in the wilderness? Separated from his throne and the holy city? Because his son, Absalom, had raised an army of his countrymen. Now this wasn't the Philistines or the, or the uh, Hittites or the Uptites, or any of the rest of them that were enemies, sworn enemies of Israel. You know what added the hurt to David that could have, that really broke his heart and threatened to break his spirit? Wasn't, it wasn't the Hittites. It wasn't the Jebusites. It wasn't the Philistines. It wasn't the sworn enemies of Israel. It was his son, and his countrymen, the people that have been so blessed because of God's blessing on David to lead Israel. They wanted to kill David and his son take his throne from him. Now, if you think you've got family problems, amen, read David's life story. By the way, Satan knew how anointed David was. He had to break his heart, break his spirit, because if he didn't break his heart and break his spirit, he couldn't, they couldn't overcome him in battle because of the anointing. But he was heartbroken. He's in the wilderness. And he says, Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my prayer. He was banished to the wilderness hiding from Absalom. Hear my cry, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, he felt so, so far detached. He felt like I'm, I'm so isolated, I'm so alone. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed. Wow. Do you understand why his heart was overwhelmed? Do you understand how heavily anointed he was? And yet the devil knows no matter how much anointing you have, if your heart is overwhelmed within you, you won't use that anointing. The devil knows you have a measure of faith given to you by God to believe him. But he knows if you are overwhelmed and so discouraged in your heart, you won't use your faith. He knows the shield of faith will quench the fiery darts of the enemy. But he knows if you're so discouraged and distracted, that shield will come down. Can you, you won't use the faith that you have. Most people don't need more faith. 
they need to use the faith that they have. And as we begin to use the faith we have, I've slain the lion, I've slain the bear, and we see God's faithfulness. Amen. Then we have faith for greater things. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He didn't go straight to the giant. He started using the faith he had for the smaller issues of life. But when the big issue came, the faith was expanded to meet that. It's an incredible way how all of this works. It starts, it starts when we realize we have faith. Timothy is heartbroken. Timothy is beaten down. He's berated. He's preached the gospel. And some people have run off from the truth and went across town listening to a false prophet. His heart is broken. He don't feel like preaching anymore. And here's the Scripture that Paul gave him. Wrote to him. Timothy, there was faith in your mama. Lois and Eunice. There was faith in your grandmother. And I know there's faith in you. He felt like he didn't have faith to believe God for anything or any further ministry. And Paul is telling him, you got faith. You not only got faith, you have been anointed and appointed to the ministry. But you've let this thing get to your heart and get to your mind. You're not using the faith you have. Timothy, I know you have faith. Because it was in your grandmother and your mother. Well, did he get that through their genes? No, faith comes one way. By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if Grandma had faith and Mama had faith, there was a whole lot of Word in that house. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, if you go to Sister Hodges, Brother Hodges, amen, you'd hear the Word of God, wouldn't you? Praise God. There was faith. It, you didn't get that in your genes, Dale. It'd be nice if it was genetically imparted. Amen. My daddy had faith. I got faith. No, my daddy had faith because there was a Bible on that table. We read from the Bible before we went to bed. We went to church on Sunday and heard the Word of God. Went Wednesday night and heard the Word of God. And if there was a gospel saying, we went and heard the Word of God in song and in testimony. They ate cake and ice cream too. Hallelujah. Stir up the gift that is in you. For the gifts and calling are without repentance. God didn't make a mistake when He called you. You're not the first person to preach the truth and have people walk away. It happened to Jesus Christ. Went into cities and there was not one convert. It upset the apostles so much, they asked Jesus to call fire down out of heaven and destroy them for their... their Push back at the preaching and teaching of Jesus. Timothy was discouraged, and Paul was telling him he had faith. Here's what that tells me you can be discouraged in your mind and in your emotions, but still have faith residing in your heart. But you've got to stir up. The gift that is within you by the laying on of hands. In other words, all the gifts, ministry gifts, are operated by faith. They're there. But as long as you don't believe you have faith to operate them, 
they will be inoperable. Amen. Amen. So it wasn't a matter of him needing faith. He needed to use the faith he had. Everybody say use the faith we have. How many has ever been across the Sunshine Skyway? How many has ever met the architect that drew up the plans for it? How many were there when they were building it and watched carefully every piling that was put down to assure you that it wasn't going to fall when you get in the middle of it? How many put your trust that somebody that knew what they were doing built that bridge and somebody inspected it and pronounced it safe and somebody was the first person to drive over it and prove it Literally, we took their word for it. And all them other people driving over it. Hallelujah. And here we go. Don't tell me you don't have faith. You used your faith to cross the Sunshine Skyway. Amen. You hadn't been across the Skyway? Okay, here's one for you. Have you ever cooked a tater in a microwave? You have? You cooked a tater in a microwave? You understand it's a microwave. Amen. Do you understand? How, have you ever watched a TV? Amen. Do you know how that sucker works? Could you, in, in layman's terms, tell me all the things that are happening for that picture to come through the air, come down into that set, and come through that tube, and how it all occurs, the, the science behind it? No, you don't need to figure all that out. You've seen other people use them. You saw it in the window. My daddy used to take me to Nebraska Avenue from Mango Road, U.S. 579, where the Hardee's is. That's where we used to live, on top of Kennedy Hill, U.S. 92, no interstate. 579 was a dirt road. There wasn't even paved. Oh, Friday night, we would get in the car, drive to Tampa. Amen. And, and pull up to a window where they had a television in the window with the volume turned up. And there were other people there. We loved to get there early on Friday evening so we could sit on the hood of the car and watch television through the window. A little black and white television. One channel, channel 38, it broadcast from the Million Dollar Pier down in St. Petersburg. It was a UHF channel. You had to put a converter box on top of that little 10-inch screen and dial it in. And uh, I had Pamela hold the antenna. I'd say, until the picture got clear, I'd say, that's it, honey. Stay there. Don't move. <laughs> because there's something about adding that to it that helped it. We used to take tinfoil. To try to pull that station in up in Mango Sefner area. Put tinfoil all over it and make, you know, try to make a super antenna out of rabbit ears. Yeah, that's going way back before your time. <laughs> Amen. We didn't know the technology. But somebody did and we trusted they knew what they're doing. Amen. I remember the first time I hit the button on a microwave. You know, and somebody had said, if you've got a pacemaker, it might interfere or something. I thought, wow, how's that potato going to cook? It's the same as a tater, you understand. Okay, how's it going to cook? 
How's it going to cook? Well, it's sound waves. It's microwaves. They, they, go, they cook from the inside out. And, you go, and I thought, all that stuff is occurring right here. And I'm standing close to this device, and all of this stuff is occurring. People used to kind of stand back. What is that thing? How's that thing work? After a while, you know, you can bake it for 45 minutes and heat up your kitchen, or you can put it in the microwave for five minutes. You know, I'm going to use that microwave. And did you know something? The day you used your microwave, you used your faith. That somebody that knew what they were doing designed that thing. It wouldn't hurt you. It would help you. And today, anybody afraid of the microwave today? Anybody got any problem with it? No. You know why? Because you're using your faith. We got faith for a whole lot of things. But when it comes to the Word of God, I'm going to tell you something. He knows. He knows what His will is. He delineates it clearly by His Word. He sent us the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth. He challenges us to take Him at His Word, to stand on His Word, and receive His Word, and apply His Word to our life. And He said, if you'll take it like it's written, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That don't mean you don't have any faith till you read it. It means that you, listen, I preached in Haiti. People who had never heard the gospel, never, there's no power where we went to preach. There's no television, no televangelists. Billy Graham was never heard. No, we were the, we, we brought the gospel physically to them. And they heard the gospel one time and came to Christ and were saved. How could they do that from such ignorance and darkness and no education and no radio and no television and no periodicals and no newspaper out in the middle of nowhere? And they came and heard and gave heed to the gospel and they came to Christ and were saved. Many of them came to Jesus and were saved. That's because he, light, he lighteth every man that comes into the world, and to every man was given the measure of faith so they could believe the gospel when they hear it. And that's why missionaries go into foreign lands and to lands with false religions were steeped in idolatry, steeped in superstition, and preach Jesus and see lives changed. And that's why they want to kill them and keep them from coming. Because the devil knows the power of John 3.16. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I said he knows the power that's vested in the Word. And he knows that people have a measure of faith to believe it. And he knows they have enough light to see it. Praise God. That they, can, they have illumination because of the light that God has given them. They have revelation because of the Word that's brought forth. And they have a realization of salvation because they receive Jesus. Because they use that measure of faith. If there's this will for someone to perish, he wouldn't have given measure of faith to believe. Amen. That's why he said, whosoever will, you got the faith to believe. Whosoever will now, let him come and drink of the river of life freely. Hallelujah. In other words, if you will, I will. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. God is so good. Are you getting anything out of it? Okay, let's finish real quick. 
This guy's got to get to Orlando. Don't let him uh, miss his appointment. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I'll trust in the covert of thy wings. Salah. In other words, stop, pause, and think about this statement. I'm going to say it again because he said Salah. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life, his years, as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. For I will sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. Now, I want to back up. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I thought he was had a plea for someone to help him trust God, to point him to God, to encourage him in God. That is not what it's saying. He's talking to God. He's not praying or pleading for someone to come along and help him believe. He is talking to God himself. He's saying, God, help me believe. Do you know there's a scripture in the New Testament where a man brings his son who was demon-possessed to the disciples to be delivered, and they could not cast him out. And it discouraged him. So he brought him past them to Jesus, but he's got the element of discouragement in his heart. I talked to a preacher about praying for the sick the other day that's in a denomination that doesn't pray for the sick Well, they have prayer, but they don't lay hands. They don't anoint with oil. They don't put a lot of stock in praying for the sick. He decided he would try it. He even got some anointing oil. And I thank God for the influence I was able to have upon him. Amen. And and he did. He prayed for some people, and nothing happened. Well, they didn't have any faith to receive, even if he had. And he was just trying to see, not really believing. There's a difference. So... He said, I tried it and it didn't work. In other words, I give up on that. And I can just hear the devil saying, ha, 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 ha. Amen. Don't you know the devil is laughing when we have something in the Word and we take one shot at it? You might give to the Lord's work and and your car break down, transmission go out. Say, it don't work. You've got to make commitments to these things. Cast your bread upon the water and boom! There it is. No, cast your bread upon the waters and after many days. It's a process. But after many days, you, it comes back on every wave. Hallelujah. You've got to make a commitment. But if you make the commitment, you're going to see it. I've sown some things that I haven't reaped yet. But I know by the Word of God, it's coming. As sure as the sun rises and sets, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. God watches over His Word to perform it. So it's coming. My Word will not return to me void. It's coming. Obey the Word and He will perform the... It's coming. 
Hallelujah. There's some things I haven't seen yet, and I'm 70 years old, but in the name of Jesus, it's coming. Hallelujah. Amen. If God wanted me home, He could have took me home with a stroke. I was ready to go. Amen. Not just ready because I'm saved. I was weary in my body. And I said, honey, if I'm going to be a burden to you, I'd rather just go on home. I had the peace to go home. I don't know if you know what's going to happen when you get right there at the door and this life is fading and and heaven's doors are coming open. But when this life is fading, forget the grim reaper. Come on, forget that fellow in black, you know, is coming along saying, I'm coming. My name is Death. Well, Paul looked at Death and said, Death, where's your sting? And Death said, What? Uh-uh. <laughs> He's not used to that. Death, where's your sting? Grave! What? What? Where's your victory? You can't hold me. You can't kill me, and you can't hold me. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, somebody ought to have some shouted ground today. Amen. What kind of book do you read? You read this Bible? Anybody read this book? Amen. What are you reading in it? Are you reading how bad the end times are going to be? Are you reading anything that will give you any faith to believe that God's on the throne even though Trump's in the White House? Amen. Some people listen to the news all week. No wonder. Faith don't come by listening to that stuff. Lord have mercy. What a mess. What a mess. What a bunch of childish ignoramuses. Brother, brother, you're disrespecting congressmen and senators and yeah. In the what they're doing. I pray for kings and those that are in authority. But I don't bow to them. We recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say man? Hallelujah. I don't believe any man can change America. I don't believe any man can deliver us from all the things we're facing militarily, economically, politically, morally. We're in a mess. And no Republican can do it. No Democrat can do it. But I'm telling you, the church has power. If my people, which are called by my name, there's authority vested in us. We have power with God. We have faith within us. But humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from their wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. I know it's old covenant, but the God of that covenant has not changed. Hallelujah. The covenant changed, but God has not. In fact, we got a better covenant established on better promises. But as long as the church tries it and it don't work and we give up on it. I'll never give up 
on obeying and applying God's Word, Brother Taylor. Because somebody is going to get the faith to receive. And when the faith to believe meets the faith to receive, the miracle's going to occur. Hallelujah. But it's the devil's job to keep us from believing, to tell us our faith is too small, to tell us that we're not worthy, to tell us that God is not going to listen. So when my heart is overwhelmed, and David's was, I can't, emotionally he was wrecked. And that's why he said from the ends of the earth. He wasn't, he wasn't that far away. But he felt so isolated from God and from his family and from the holy city that he loved. He said from the ends of the earth, I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I want to finish with this. Listen to what this means. The rock which is higher than I. Geneva Study Bible renders it this way. To which without your help I cannot obtain. He said, I can't come to this place of faith to trust you in the midst of all of this that I'm facing unless you help me get there. So his cry wasn't just, God help me, God help me believe you. Remember the man that brought his son to the disciples? They couldn't cast the devil out of him. He brought him to Jesus and Jesus turned and said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? And you know what he said? Lord, I believe. But my faith is not perfect. And you know what he said? In honesty, help thou my unbelief. I believe that word unbelief means I will not believe. I, will, I refuse to believe in most cases. In this, I believe doubt had entered his heart. And what he was describing is doubt. Jesus said, wherefore didst thou doubt? The Bible spoke of an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. He wasn't departing from God. He was trying to get to God with his son. But his faith wasn't perfect and he knew it. And how did Jesus respond to that imperfect faith and that honest heart? He gave him grace sufficient. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus cast the demon out of him. And the demon was so entrenched in him that it actually physically tore his insides somewhat when he came out, the Bible said. He held on, didn't want to leave. But he had to go anyway. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Because Jesus' name has power. All power. In three worlds. In heaven and in earth and beneath the earth. Can you say amen? Oh, you didn't hear me. Jesus' name has power in heaven. And Jesus' name has power in earth. And Jesus' name has power beneath the earth. Can you say, man, there's not a devil in hell that doubts the power of Jesus' name. Help my unbelief. That's what David is saying. Lord, help me to believe. My emotions are so raw. I'm hurting so bad. Help me to come to that place of trusting you where I can get relief. Jameson Fawcett Brown 
renders it this way, that great old commentary, which otherwise I cannot ascend. Lead me to a rock with that, that without your help, I cannot ascend. Without your help, I can't get to that place. You see, this idea of getting faith to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps is not the biblical faith that we need to get a hold of. Matthew Henry says, The rock which is too high for me to get to unless you help me get to it. Amen. I can't go to that place without God helping me. Oh, no wonder faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Matthew Henry continues to say, Lord, give me such an assurance and satisfaction of my own safety that I can never, as I can never attain, but by Thy special grace working a faith in me. Thy special grace working a faith in me. You can help me to believe You. And when the man said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief, Jesus helped him. And this idea, if your faith is imperfect, God ain't going to listen. If you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. If you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. Honey, I'm not on the porch. Sometimes I'm under the porch. But I'm not interested in running with the big dogs. I'm not interested in competing and comparing. I know whom I have believed. And I am fully persuaded that He's able to keep what I have committed unto Him against that day. And I don't have to have, amen, faith as big as a mountain to move a mountain. All I have to do is have a God who is faithful when I call upon Him. Can you say man? It's not the faith of God. It's faith in God that moves mountains. Woo! And the glory of this is, when I am weak, He draws near. He doesn't draw back. And when my faith wavers, He doesn't disqualify me. He reaches down to help me. Isn't it wonderful to have a gracious God like that? Hallelujah. 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 Here's in essence what that is saying. David cried to God in prayer to help him to place to a place of trust where his troubled soul could find rest and comfort. He admitted openly his heart was overwhelmed with fear and distress. He cried out for help from someone he knew would hear his crying come to his aid. And we ought to take this home with us. There's a God who responds to faith in His faithfulness. There's a God who can be befriended and relied upon. Our God is a God who loves His people and listens to their prayers. A God who will help us to have faith in Him when our hearts are overwhelmed within us. Praise God. Dale said it one time. When her faith was growing, the enemy comes back. He'll keep coming back and he'll keep losing. But I remember Dale saying, the things that once put us on our back, now put us on our face. In other words, instead of knocking us down, helpless and hopeless, amen, we realize Without God, we can't stand. So we just fall on our face before the Lord and cry out to Him like David when my heart's overwhelmed within me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, somebody says, Oh, I ought to be standing tall. I ought to be standing strong. You will be when He picks you up. 
Can you say amen? But you can't be until He picks you up. And the, and the place to begin to stand tall is right like this. I cried unto the Lord. Amen. He heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. The things that once put us on our back now put us on our face because we know it's getting on our face before the Lord. Amen. Is the place where victory begins. For when I am weak and cry unto Him, He makes me strong. For His grace is sufficient. And I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Can you say amen? And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Let the weak say, I am strong because of what the Lord has done in me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many are ready to shout victory before you go home? Will you stand up with me today? Hallelujah. 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 One of these days, everyone in this room, if you keep following on to know the Lord, and if you keep getting the Word of God sown into your heart, faith is coming. It's growing. One of these days, fear is going to knock on your door through circumstances, and you're going to send faith to answer it, because when it comes, you're going to, you're going to go before God. Fear is going to knock on your door. Amen. And you're going to send faith to answer it. And faith is going to say, there's nobody there. Don't give it a second thought. God's got it. God is in control. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give Him a wave off Him. Let's just love Him for a moment. Praise the Lord. Nothing is impossible with God. How many will will ascribe to that how many will believe that how many will use your measure of faith to believe that god is all powerful and he has all power in heaven and earth and nothing is impossible with god all right here's the real challenge of faith and nothing shall be impossible to him that believeth can you say man hallelujah nothing shall be impossible to him that believeth and god is going to help our unbelief it's just our doubts and our waverings i believe it with all of my heart praise god we will ascend to that place because he will reach way down hallelujah deep into the darkest valleys of life to lift us up. He lifted me from the miry clay. He put my feet, He established me on a rock to stay. And He put a song in my heart. A song of praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right, come and stand right with him. Come and stand right with this, this man today. Father, in the name of Jesus, the devil has owned this man as far as the devil can own anybody. But the blood of Jesus has a claim on him. The blood of Jesus has a claim on him. And his mother's prayers now for him. They're not in vials alone in the presence of God. She's right there. She's not praying from earth that you might hear from heaven. 
She's praying in heaven that things may change here upon the earth. And Father, we're adding our prayers for total deliverance today. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, whose servant I am and in whom I serve. Father, deliver this man from the bondage that has a hold of him. Today he's more conscious of the bonds that hold him than the God that said, I will deliver you. I will set you free. Let his consciousness be of your greatness, your goodness, your grace, and your power. Let him see you so mighty and see the devil with no control of him ever again. We plead the blood of Jesus over him and we place the name of Jesus between him and the enemy's desire to hurt and to harm. And we declare him free today to serve the living and the true God without fear in Jesus' name and for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. He's using the faith that he has right now hallelujah 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 don't run from god run to him hallelujah glory to the lord i believe that in jesus name let's praise him today let's praise him before we go home nothing is impossible 